All right. Welcome to the Monk with Braids podcast, guys. Today we have a super mom, mindfulness coach, and someone who's really been through some tough times. And we're, we're going to be unpacking this today. And I would say has made it out and is using her pain to help people make a difference in their lives. Today we have Nancy. Thank you so much, Sahil. It's a great pleasure to be with you here this morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad to be finally doing this because we've had so many great conversations or one really long, great conversation outside, uh, you know, without cameras. So I'm like, you know what? You have a really inspiring story. Let's let's talk about this on camera and hopefully people can relate Thank to it. Thank you so much, Sahil, for this opportunity. I'm really happy to be here and I hope we can inspire people today. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so tell me, tell me about your journey. How did this all start? Clearly, you're helping so many people. And I have a belief that, you know, when you go through a little bit of pain, it's for yourself. But when you go through a lot of pain, it's for someone else. Wow, that's powerful. You know, you're helping a lot of people right now that are going through difficulties in their lives. So you must have gone through something in yours. All right. So, um, well, my story started basically when I was in Thailand. Mm -hmm. I was on an island with my husband and our friends. And I had all the reasons to be happy, joyful and relaxed. Mm. But guess what? I wasn't. Uh, I was so anxious. I was feeling muscle pain all over my body. I wasn't enjoying my time. I wasn't happy. And then I realized that there is something wrong here, mm. that things are not okay, and I'm not okay. And something needs to be changed. Yeah. So, and these symptoms, by the way, had been with me since as far as I could remember, and they were building up. Wow. Okay? So... The moment I came back to Dubai, I decided that's it. Enough is enough. I need to see a doctor because mm. this is what I knew back then. When you don't feel at ease, when you're not feeling okay, you go to a doctor. You didn't know the difference between a doctor and like a mental health professional at the time? No, 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 wow, no. Okay. I wasn't exposed to mental health mm. at all. This is not something we used to talk about. And I thought that everybody was like me. I didn't know that. This was chronic anxiety. I didn't know that this was something beyond what yeah. I was feeling. Yeah. So I came back to Dubai. I saw a doctor. He referred me to a neurologist. And there was a diagnosis. He said I had fibromyalgia. And uh, he prescribed for me an antidepressant that I had to take for life. Mm. And um, yeah, so this is how it actually started for me. Can I ask you what, for the people that don't know, what is yes, fibromyalgia? Yes, thank you for this question. So fibromyalgia is basically a chronic disorder that affects your entire body and mind. Uh, it causes muscle pain and stiffness all around the body. Uh, it causes tender points, 18 tender points. Uh, it causes uh, brain fog, mm. difficulty in decision making. And anxiety and depression are highly associated with this disorder. Mm. Now, till today, we don't know really what causes fibromyalgia. and Oh, they still don't have a cause for no, it. No, and they say there is no cure for it. But oh. I'm a living example that you, can, that you can get out of fibromyalgia. You can yeah. treat the symptoms. Here, I want to ask you, Sahil, because you've been through your own journey yourself and you're a psychologist, you have a psychology degree, that... Sometimes uh, mental health cases require a medication. Mm. But for me, it didn't feel right. Mm. When I went back home with the medication pack, 
I felt that something is not right here and something was telling me not to take it. Mm. And there was a tremendous power in me telling me, no, 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 this is not what you need. Mm. So it's like your intuition or like a maybe it was my inner voice, my intuition. I don't want I don't know what what we should call it. Yeah. But something told me, don't take the medication. This is not what you need. And I remember very well, I hid it in the drawer next to me. And I said that moment, I will take charge of my health. Mm. I would like to emphasize one point here. This is not an invitation by any means for people not to take their medication when they have to. Because I know that, that, that there are cases, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Where you need to. Yeah, I think with medication and mental health, mm. um, obviously, I'm also someone that suffered with anxiety and depression. And I would have panic attacks, suicidal thoughts, you know, yeah. you name it. And it was really difficult for me as well. Yeah. I know a lot of people that take medication. And I think that, you know, some people biologically have less serotonin in their body mm. and serotonin is known as the happy hormone yeah. or the happy chemical in your body so mm. it's when people have less levels of it they tend to be a bit sadder than usual and they find it more difficult to be happy and they're a bit more lethargic and stuff mm. like that now biologically people can give you ssris right they, they can give you serotonin um re-inhibitors that basically uh, recycle and keep the levels of serotonin you have in your body and they prevent it from leaving out. But if you are constantly worrying, you're constantly under stress, you have uh, self-destructive beliefs that affect you, these mental things that you do, these mental habits you have, actually can reduce your levels of serotonin. Mm. So there is research that shows that people with mental beliefs, like your mind, can literally yes. affect your body. And so I think that for me, I think medication is important. I know people that are on medication. However, I would say that mental illness is not like physical illness. You break your hand, you know, you take, you take medicine to deal with it and it heals over time. But for mental health, it doesn't heal just by itself. You yeah. have to find what caused it, what caused you the anxiety or depression, whatever it is that you have. And then you have to work on that. So I would say take medication, but at the same time, go for CBT go for trauma healing and do therapy yes. at the same time. Yes, yes. So yes. you don't have to take medication for long term. But yeah, what were your, what were yeah, your thoughts? Thank on you that? for sharing your perspective on that. For me, medication was like, this is not the right thing for you. Mm. This is what my intuition was telling me or my gut feeling or whatever you want to call it. And since that moment, I started doing my own research, reading about fibromyalgia, about anxiety. And I started learning the tools that can help ease the symptoms. Mm. And this is how the healing journey started. And funnily enough, when I was in Thailand, we met a Lebanese couple, and I was talking with that lady, we were chatting, and I was telling her I'm not very happy at my job and so on. And she was like, listen, I quit my job. I wasn't happy either. I'm a theta healer now. So she went into wow. a, a totally different discipline. And she was like, I highly recommend you read that book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Mm. So I bought it when I came to Dubai and I read it and I started applying. So I started doing praying every morning, uh, gratitude, practicing gratitude and affirmations every single morning on my way to work. Mm. So people get uh, distressed when they are in traffic jam. I used to rejoice because mm. <laughs> traffic jam was my opportunity to do those rituals yeah. you know that were helping me a lot that's amazing it's like yes. using your time efficiently and effectively and um yeah no sorry tell me more yeah tell yeah yeah no not at all 
And um, so this was on the mind level. I mm. took the power of your subconscious mind. I started applying. And on the physical level, because I had this pain and tension and stiffness and chronic fatigue in my body, all what I could do is simple stretching in the morning under the sunlight. I started to wake up with the sunrise. So I started to make small changes, you know, mm. in my daily, in your daily life. life. Exactly, exactly. And those small changes from practicing gratitude to praying to only stretching with the sunrise mm. had very, very powerful influence and, influence. and great impact on, on my health. When you came back to Dubai and you said, you know what, that's it. I'm going to go to the doctor and you started this journey. What was the first thing you did, uh, you know, to get on this journey? Was it meditation first or gratitude? Which, which one of it did you do first? The very first was, to be honest, praying. I started praying, praying because... I was the type of person that prays only when I'm in trouble, mm. only when I wanted money or only when I wanted a good grade in yeah. university, you know. But then when I started reading about the mental and psychological benefits of praying, I started to pray because my mom taught me when I was a kid certain prayers. Yeah. And I started saying them without asking for things. Like I didn't want anything. I was just praying. I was trying to connect to something more powerful than me, something bigger. Mm. And this gave me a sense of warmth, a sense of security, because also with anxiety, you feel that emptiness inside. You feel um, lack of meaning. Uh, it's, it's hard to put it in words. Yeah. You've been there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Some, some feelings are difficult to describe with in words. In words, yes, yeah. exactly. So praying helped me a lot and practicing gratitude because... When you are in, uh, in anxiety, feeling anxiety, depression, you feel like you are in a big, dark cloud. Mm. This is the best. I, yes, uh, I agree the, to that. Yeah. You are in a dark tunnel. You can't see any light. But when you start practicing, and at the beginning, it's difficult. You need to dig for things to be great, to feel of grateful course. for. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you will start feeling that, yes, even, even if I'm not happy at my job, but... I have an income, I'm learning something, I'm growing, uh, I have support from a friend. You start seeing, you know, mm. those things that you weren't able to see first. But mm. you need to take the decision, you need to start. And this is an invitation for everyone to get a gratitude journal and start noting down every day three to five things you're grateful for. Even if it sounds at the beginning fake or you're not believing what you're writing, but with time you will mm. start feeling more and more that this deep feeling of gratitude. Mm. And it starts impacting your life in a beautiful way and things start to get better with time. Yeah. So three to five things that you're grateful for every day, whether it's, you know, family or, you know, something specific that happened that day wow. that, that helps you. Ah, um, I'm grateful for uh, my family, my husband who has been of great support and uh, poor guy. He had to witness uh, <laughs> everything mm. I have been going through. Um, I'm grateful uh, for uh, my yoga teacher. Mm. Uh, he was a tremendous uh, force in my life. Yoga is life-changing. I'm grateful for my kids because they are teaching me something every single day, testing my patience and mm. my tolerance and... Uh, Ah, three. Th those are three already, right? Those are three. Yeah. I'm grateful for being here today with you, Sahil, mm. because this is, uh, Me too. this is my chance to really share my story and hopefully, hopefully help at least someone 
get out of his or her dark yeah. cloud. Listening to you helps me and it makes me reflect a lot on my journey. A lot. So I'll say three things I'm grateful for. Yes. One is this beautiful podcast studio. Yes. <laughs> Two is being here with you. Three is Daksha here, our uh, podcast manager, just taking care of us and everything. I think <laughs> there's so much to be grateful for if you just look. And I think a big part of it is just the things you focus on, they magnify over time. Yes. And, you know, yeah. something like, uh, you know, if you're grateful for something, you'll start throughout your day, you'll start looking at things you're grateful for. And um, so, okay, you start with the gratitude, uh, you know, journal, you start with your mindfulness practice. And now it's been how many years since you, you know, started? So I started with my own mindfulness practices since 2013, since I got my diagnosis. Wow. Yes. Yoga was in my life on and off since 2004. And it was the only thing that I was consistent with, to be honest. So when I was in corporate around 2015 and I had this calling to pursue something deeper, I wanted more meaning in my life. I mm. wasn't happy at my job. Although things were working well for me at some point, I wasn't happy. This is not what I wanted. I wanted, I felt I wanted to help, to serve. And I thought, what is the one main activity or hobby that I'm doing like consistently? And mm. that was yoga. And I decided to go for a yoga teacher training and see how things go for me. And funnily enough, uh, I was in a yoga prop shop and I met a lady and hopefully she will uh, watch this podcast. And we started chatting and she told me I just finished my yoga certification. Mm. And this is, there is this studio because I didn't know when and how and where I'm going to do this certification. I was clueless. And she was like, this is the studio. They have amazing teachers, very good prices. And they have a course opening in a couple of months. So I took the, the balance days of my annual leave. And I went for the course. And two months later, I was certified as a yoga teacher. And I started uh, teaching yoga in parallel with my corporate job. Mm. And I want to hear, go back to the initial habit that I incorporated in my day, with, which was simple stretches mm. with the sunrise every morning mm. i wasn't a yoga teacher i wasn't flexible enough i didn't have any strength i've, I've always had a, a weak body mm. no core strength nothing so it started with stretching i remember and this makes me laugh every time a colleague of mine used to make fun of me because he was the kind of macho guy who mm. goes to the gym and lifts weights and kind i was like doing me. and i <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and I was only doing some stretching in the morning. Mm. But that moment when he saw that I became a teacher, a yoga teacher, it was a big moment for me. Mm. So, yeah. So, okay. You have your fibromyalgia, chronic anxiety. You start doing your gratitude. You start doing your yoga. And at the same time, you're doing your corporate job. Yes. But you're not happy with your corporate job at the time. Yes. To do what you're doing now, to... Earn from your purpose is something I think a lot of people want to do and something I really want to do as well. And it's not an easy thing to leave your job because one thing humans want is certainty, you know? Yes. One thing we love is security and certainty and, you know, we're comfortable where we are. Yes. How do you go from a situation where you're comfortable in your corporate job, you're doing this, you know, uh, mindfulness practice and you're obviously s still on your journey and so am I and you're still on it now. How do you make this your identity you're going from being a corporate job person and now your identity is 
mindfulness coach. There's so much that goes into that. Tell me about the moment you realized that I can't do this job anymore. I need to do this mindfulness. What was that moment like? Ooh, all right. So this calling to do something deeper, like something was telling me you were, you're not meant to be here. Okay. Something was always telling me in my ears, this is not where you're meant to be. But at the same time, I had obligations and I had responsibilities and I'm, I was supporting my husband and my family and I wanted to do that. Mm. It wasn't something that abrupt. It wasn't something drastic. I didn't like decide overnight I'm going to leave my job. The right thing that felt for me at that time was first to work on myself, to do the inner work, to heal so, so I can understand better myself. I understand better my values, my strengths, my needs. Mm. Maybe corporate, where was I should be, right? So the important thing is even if you're not happy in a certain job, start looking at the things you're grateful for. Start doing the inner work. Start mm doing your journaling, your yoga, your meditation. Sit with yourself quietly, sit alone and understand better who you are and mm. who you want to be before taking decisions. So this is exactly what I was doing. I was trying to live my authentic life while being in my job at the same time. Mm. And to answer your question, this took years. It didn't manifest right away mm. because of the expectations of the society, of the parents. Mm. You're a graduate with a computer science bachelor, with a master's in MBA. You're working in a multinational. I was living the dream life. So it was very difficult to take the decision overnight. Yeah. I'm leaving, I'm quitting. Yeah. Because every time I opened the subject with someone, are you leaving this job? Like, are you insane? Are you crazy? Mm. So you also get this self-doubt. You know, you question yourself, you question your beliefs, you question your decisions. Is this the right thing to do? But mm. then when I had my second child and he was a toddler and he was, he, he needed me a lot. And I was breastfeeding and not sleeping at night and falling asleep while driving. Here, this voice was even stronger mm. that you need to do something differently. You need to do things differently. So... This is when I really quit my job to be with my family and to live more a life that's in harmony with who I am. Mm. Did, did yeah. I convey yeah, yeah, the yeah. message? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, I think in harmony with your soul and your purpose and yes. why you feel like you're here on yes, earth. Yes, yes. So I, I thought I have children and I'm not serving them. Mm. Really? You think you think by just being a good mother and teaching them? Yes. That's service in itself. Yeah, exactly. So I said, okay, I'm saying I want to serve people. How about I serve my family first, you know? Mm. So that thing, leaving the house early morning and coming back late at late the at evening. Night. You weren't there for most of your children's like. Yes. So I, I, I got them into this world. So let me serve them first and mm. then I will move into serving other people. And I think this was the main factor. Mm. A corporate job is, and that security is like a very easy thing to be in and comfortable place to be in. And you have to find something that's really important to you to give up something that's, that's you know, also really important to you. Yeah. And that something for you was, I want to serve my children. 
I want to serve my children and I want my well-being first. Mm. Because in my job, it was a stressful and demanding environment and it didn't serve me well. Something I hear you consistently talk about is this inner voice telling you not to do something, telling you to do something. And it sounds like every time you listen to that inner voice, something good happens. So far, yes. <laughs> so far, yes. Uh, so tell me about that inner voice. The very first time I felt that something was speaking to me, which was my intuition or gut or inner voice, was when I was diagnosed and I was under between two paths, take the medication or go into a different route. Mm. So this is the first time when I felt that I have a power in me and I can trust in that power. And every one of us has this power. How did you get to that point? There's this voice, I have this power in me and I have to trust that power. Like, how do you, how do you know that it's not fake? How do you know that this is real and this is something I have to trust and I have to do it? That's a difficult question to answer. Um, your inner voice basically wants be what's best for you. Mm. When something feels wrong, it means it's wrong. Mm. I believe you can differentiate. When it's speaking to you, you can differentiate. I honestly, back then, I don't know how I trusted that voice. Maybe it was guidance mm. from God or from a supreme power. But generally speaking, when you start doing yoga and meditation and you quiet a bit your mind and you're more in, in your body, you can differentiate between what the ego is telling you to do and what your soul is telling you to do. Mm. This might sound a bit deep or alien or weird to some people, but this is the reality. This is the truth of it. Mm. And we need, we need more education on spiritual, spirituality in general. Yeah. We need more spirituality in our lives, in schools, in universities. We, we need people to understand and differentiate between the ego and the soul. Mm. And do you feel meditation and journaling and stuff helped you with that? A lot, a whole lot. You've been journaling yourself. Yeah, I right? feel like I feel like there's this. I mean, in psychology, there's this. Freud talks about this with id and ego and super ego, and I feel like there's your higher self, which is you know your soul and that that self that's fully confident, that's not you know completely detached from ego. Yes. There's who you are now, and then there's like your lower self. Yes. Which is like when you're in an argument and you're trying not to, you know, have a, you're trying, someone's screaming and you're trying not to say anything, but then you just give in and you're like, oh, I can't like do this anymore. So you're constantly in the middle, like, you know, balancing between these two things and trying to be the best version of yourself. Yes. So, yeah, I think uh, emotional intelligence, which is, I think, a big part of what you're talking about, can be built through journaling and meditation. And Yes, yes, yeah. yes. The more you sit with yourself, the more you understand yourself, the more you start actually loving yourself. And I don't know, I see this connection. When you deepen the connection with yourself, you deepen the connection with God and with this mm. higher power. And you start being more present, if you want. Because when you do all these mindfulness techniques and practices, um, you start healing from difficult experiences you've been through, mm. from difficult traumas. And you start more and more being in the present because if I ask you now, 
Are you okay? Do you have any problem in your life now, in this moment? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Now, now, sitting here in this oh, room. Oh, no. Right now, right? I'm calm. Right now, you're calm, right? You're safe. Yeah. You're happy. You're doing what you, you love. Yeah. So in this present moment, basically, you don't have any issue. No. So mm. the present moment has magic in it. And mm. when you do the mindfulness practices, you tap more and more into this present moment and you start letting go of emotions that are burdening you. Imagine you've went through tough things in your childhood. You've been bullied. Yeah. Something told you you're fat or you're stupid. Uh, your mom told you you're not good enough to do that. You don't know how to do this. So all these start burdening you with emotions and you carry them throughout your life and they start impacting your life and your relationships. Mm. But you don't know that these previous difficulties or challenges, tiny or big, mm. doesn't matter, mm. that those are impacting your life now. So with mindfulness, you start letting go, you start forgiving, you start healing, and you, start, uh, you stop worrying about the future. So there is more surrender. Mm. The more you sit with yourself, the more you journal, the more you do yoga, the more you meditate, the more you contemplate life, you start just feeling comfortable with being. Mm. You just made me think that like with depression, for the most part, it's not being able to let go of your past. And with anxiety, it's being afraid and not being able to accept the future. And we're constantly in the past mm. and in the future. And it prevents us from living in the moment and being yes, present. Yes, yes. And I think something you said that was really beautiful is that your past is not, it's not an existing thing anymore. It's gone. Yes. Your future is not there yet. Yes. The only possible thing you can focus on is who are you now? What are you doing now? Yes. And um, just this present moment right now. And it's so. okay if you have difficult feelings because we're human beings and life challenges are part of life. Yeah. So what we've been through, it's, it's normal. It's part of life. Mm. It's okay if in the now you have difficult feelings, but the trick is to feel those feelings, to give yourself permission mm. and to be compassionate with yourself. Because if you're going to keep hiding from these difficult emotions, they will keep impacting your life in a not so nice way. It sounds like the most important thing to you and to help you deal with your anxiety and fibromyalgia was a lifestyle change. Like you just changed from the moment you yes. wake up, like you're going to work even during traffic, you're just listening to affirmations. So it's like from morning, because at the end of the day, we all feel difficult emotions, yes. right? And we all have, we all go through war in our own heads and people prepare for war. Pe we go through tests in real life, but people pre prepare for tests weeks, days in advance. So by meditating and doing affirmations and stuff, it's almost like you're preparing yourself for something you know it's going to happen. You know yes, you're going to feel difficult that's emotions. Beautiful. That's you beautiful. Know you're, you're, yes. Same way you go to war, like actual people go to war, you know you're going to go to war sometimes throughout the day. You know you're going to be tested yes. same way people go test. And what you're saying with meditation and mindfulness and journaling, it's just you preparing yourself for that. Yes. It's just a preparation. And at some point, you feel excited, like bring it on. Mm. <laughs> what do we have today? Let, you yeah. know? I know it sounds cliche, but that's a reality. That's a yeah. reality. 
And when you, you know, Sahil, when you start accepting and realizing that you are worthy just the way you are, mm. regardless of your position, of your title, of your achievements, of your goals, uh, of your uh, possessions, you are worthy. Mm. And when you start, in Arabic we say, when you start feeling deeply that worthiness, you start enjoying life mm. because you let go of attachment, basically. Mm. So, yeah. so it's not like if I get this promotion, I'm happy. If I don't get it, I'm miserable. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's nice if I get it, but I'm happy where I am. I'm happy the way I am. Like, I have a lot of goals now in my business. Yeah. And I'm not close this much to achieving them. Yeah. But I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm safe. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying life. Yeah. It's interesting when you're talking about like self-worth. I want to know how you found it, but it's it's just talking about like, I used to buy a lot of branded clothes because I didn't have self-worth and confidence. And I, I find it interesting how from time to time we put our the worth of ourself, that self that is confident, that self that is basically our soul without the emotions, without the ego, without the past trauma, whatever. And we give that self this beautiful... um not material spiritual thing and we give it a worth of a Louis Vuitton bag and I still shop I'm not saying I don't shop but it's detachment I guess is having everything but not letting it be a part of your identity or not letting it define your soul yes not letting it define your happiness yeah your, it just makes me think like yes. what is your self actually worth like that self within you that inner voice that wants good for the world what's the worth of that is it a Louis Vuitton bag probably not Some from time to time obviously enjoy and show up but like what is that self-worth and for, for you like that self that version of you what's that worth to you what's the worth of that thing it's not a like an easy question because to be honest to you also when i started my healing journey i used to listen to a lot of spiritual healers and spiritual leaders and i must say that they helped me a lot and this is when i was started reading about your worthiness and i was starting to understand more than, yes, we are God's creation. And we are worthy the way we are. And you know when you uh, read something and it directly clicks, mm. you directly digest it, uh, digest it and you start like living it. So the moment I read it, something, you know when something Clicked, about yeah. <laughs> lights up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm God's creation. I'm worthy. It's not about my job, nor my title, nor uh, validation from others, nor what my mom tells me. I know it's difficult. This needs inner work, a lot of inner work mm. to reach to this realization. But you need to hear it from someone, I believe. Mm. For me, I needed to hear it from someone. Yeah. It didn't like come to me yeah. like that. When I look back to what I went through, I let other people define my self-worth, but it's Interesting how we use external sources to define our self-worth. Yes. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's an, yeah, it's definitely interesting. So today, right now today, what is something you think the world needs more of? What's something that you feel like the world doesn't have enough of? Ah. I would say compassion mm. with ourselves first because... I used to be very harsh with myself, mm. highly self-critical. Like when you do something or you drop something, the voice that, you know. Yes. What did back. you do? Why did you do it this way? And even when I do a task wonderfully. Yeah. 
there's something always missing. Mm. I was a perfectionist. And I believe perfectionism is hiding behind your insecurities, you know, and you mm. not wanting to be vulnerable. Like I'm, I'm always strong. I'm, I'm always on top of things. No, I'm not always on top of things. No, I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. I want to live my life simply the way I am. How do you take mindfulness with mindfulness and practicing that with being a mom? Because mm. we're growing in a society now where kids have social media. Kids are exposed to so many things. And at the end of the day, you can't change the trauma your kid goes to. You can't change, you know, the experiences they face or the influences that they may have. But you can change, you can instill certain things in them to affect the way they react to certain situations and yeah. the dangers of life. How are you making sure that your children are able to deal with these things? How are you, what would you say is a good way to, you know, influence your children and uh, put mindfulness in their life at a young age? Uh, for a long time, I thought, I'm not a parenting consultant, yeah? Of course. <laughs> I'm just a mom mm -hmm. trying to be the best mom to my kids. For a long time, I thought that parenting is telling your kids what to do. Mm. Is always telling them, Because you know better. Do this, do yeah. that. We think we know better. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they, they know they better. They know better, okay. Yeah. So what I learned throughout these years is that you being present with them and showing them that you are there for them. They have your ear and your heart. That's the most important thing for them, mm. that you are listening to them. They are seen, they are heard. Sometimes I tell my kids, listen, I'm not Google. <laughs> I don't have the answer for everything. And sometimes they overact. They throw tantrums. Mm. And I literally don't know how to deal with that. But the more I'm present, the more, uh, the calmer I am, the more I breathe <laughs> during these tantrums, the more I work on myself, mm. the better things are for them. Mm. Did you get my yeah. my point? Because if they're throwing a tantrum and they're stressed and then the person they look up to, their role model is also like, <laughs> equally stressed. Yeah, and you're like, yes. I'm really tough. Like life's really yes. tough. And you're like, actually, yes, life is really tough. I'm also struggling. Yes. And, you know, it's it's they don't have that someone to look up to and be that role model. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I think parents, because they've gone through so much and they're most likely going through things that their children have gone through, they're like, I just want to give them advice. I just want to help them, yeah, and, yeah. you know, I'd... do something that will change their life profoundly. Yeah. But you're just like, just being with them and sometimes not saying things to influence them, but knowing that if they ever needed you, no I'm matter there. what, yes. you're there. Yes. And by the way, this mm. is the same thing about coaching. When I coach clients, sometimes there is this urge to jump and give them a solution or an answer. Oh, you can do that. I did that and it helped me. You know, this is the mm. mind talking yeah, yeah, yeah. to me. But again, active listening and deep listening is so important mm. because this, when you give a safe space to your kids to be and to express themselves and the same thing to the client, they can open up to new possibilities. Mm. They are safe to express and they feel safe to start healing and they start seeing the answers that they have within. Mm. So your job essentially is to help people know themselves better. Yes. And to help people find that inner calm. Yes. Because and tap into their own inner power. I want people to know that they are powerful. 
They are worthy. And they can do it. What do you think is like the biggest problem these days? The main challenge that I see with most people is uh, getting their sense of identity and sense of worth from people around them mm. and from people's opinions about them. That's the biggest problem. Because I face that too sometimes. Like, I do care to some extent what people think of me and whether they think I'm a good person or not a good person. And um, yeah, I do. I, I also do care about stuff like that. So if that's the biggest problem, caring what other people think, how do you help people find the power within? And do you believe that everyone has a power within? I personally do. Mm. Yes. And do you feel like everyone has a different power or do you feel like everyone is kind of collectively, they have the same power, they just have to work on it and develop it over time? I believe we all have different strengths and different powers, superpowers. And we just need to be, to calm the mind a bit, to be able to look within and extract the gems mm. that are deep within us. We all have superpowers. Mm. So it's all about, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, to have a calm state of mind so you can find what your strengths are and what you can do with them and Yes. And being able to use them yes. to your we all ability. have strength that we can use them to serve in a way, whether in your job, whether uh, in your family, with your kids, with your partners. We all have a certain hidden strength or power that you can use to serve others. Mm. No matter where you are, no matter like what your past is, you can still. There's always a you know chance for you to change. Like now in this room, maybe a smile from you or a nice question makes me feel more comfortable. Mm. And you can start serving others and helping others now. Mm. Dax just got me a beautiful cup of coffee that made me feel... That made my day, actually. Aww. It looks so nice. So, I mean... You can start with very, very tiny things. Yeah. And yeah. when you serve others, you get a sense of satisfaction and a sense of worth that, in my opinion, you don't get from other achievements. Wow. That's a huge... That is like... Because um, even for me, like, for example, I teach children and all of my self-confidence comes from them. Uh, you know actually being able to help people and serve people is uh, because you want to feel like you can do something, you know, you want to feel like you can impact someone, like you have that ability. And it starts with something so simple, like smiling at someone or um, just complimenting someone. Yes, or, yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's just very, very simple things that you can start with and they'll make your day better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's the worst advice anyone's given to you? Oh, because you give a lot of great advice. So what's the what's what's the worst advice someone's given to you? Something where you were like, I'm gr I'm so happy I didn't listen to that. Don't quit your job. You will regret it. Mm. And again, this is not an invitation for people to resign and quit their jobs because you need to think things through. I was blessed enough. I was lucky enough. I had the, the right support to be able to quit my job when I needed to. 
and uh, I had a family. I had kids to take care of. Um, but this wasn't the right thing for me. This wasn't serving me. And listening to my inner voice so far <laughs> has been the best thing I've done for myself. Mm. And when you start listening to that voice one time after one time, you start building trust. In that voice. Yes, because you say, oh, I listened that time and things worked for my best. And then I listened again and things also worked well. And I feel better. Always also follow your how your heart is feeling. Mm. Are you serene? Are you calm? Are you happy? Are you joyful? Or no, you're, you're fidgety, you're anxious, you're worried. So also our feelings are a compass. Mm. And yeah. yeah. And again, meditation, journaling, these are all ways to get in touch with your feelings. Yes. I want to share something about meditation or at least about my experience with meditation. When you sit with yourself, focusing just on your breathing, you reach sometimes uh, points where you uh, burst into tears mm. and you don't know why. But when you sit quietly, focusing on the body, on the breath, you give permission to your body to release emotions, to release difficult emotions. And it's okay if you don't know why. But then after these tears, I promise you that you will find lots of joy. Mm. So sitting alone is, is for me very, very powerful in someone's healing journey. It's scary at the beginning <laughs> because you don't know what you will face, what you will get. I think a lot of people are afraid of it because, yes. you know, you, it's really scary to just be in your own thoughts. And we spend time listening to things, whether it's a podcast or whether yes. it's uh, talking to someone or whether it's a call or whether it's music, whatever it is. We spend a lot of time hearing external voices from so many different sources and when you constantly hear external voices and when you constantly and when those voices are loud it kind of doesn't let your inner voice speak and one thing i really love actually with everything you're doing and everything you stand for is that you believe in this external source of god and you pray and stuff like that but then there's a part of you as well it's like two parts then there's a part of you that's just like Everything is within you, you know, and that whatever you want in life, whatever you're trying to get, the power is within you. And even if you're a therapist, even if you're a life coach, even if you're a mindfulness coach, all you're doing at the end of the day is people find themselves before, you know, everything happened and get the answers from themselves. Yes. So that's something yes. I really commend. And that's so amazing that the answers are all within you. You just have to look hard enough. Yes, you need to be brave enough and just go for it. Mm. And don't be afraid of speaking up, seeking help, working with a psychologist or a therapist or a coach. I mean, those people are there to help, right? And sometimes you cannot do it on your own. Mm. And it's okay. So... Yes, meditation helped me and all my mindfulness practices helped me. But maybe for certain people, they need someone to be with them along the way. Mm. So a lot of times I feel I wish I had a guru or 
a teacher or a wise man I can talk to. And that just gives you the answers. Yes. Yeah. So it's okay if you feel that you need support, that you need help. Because you have that feeling of, I really want answers from someone. Someone needs to give me something at least to help me with this. What do you, what do, you do when that someone is not there? I remind myself that I can get the answers within. within. Yes, I keep on reminding. And then, funnily, you get the answer <laughs> mm. through someone or through a podcast or a YouTube video or uh, an Instagram post or an article or somebody says some, something in front of you and you get the answer. What is happiness to you today? For me, happiness is appreciating everything that's in my hands now. Mm. Looking at the bird outside. I know it sounds cliche, but trust me, trust me, with a lot of mindfulness work, you reach a stage where you rejoice when you see a bird. Mm. You start talking to trees. Mm. When I look into my son's eyes, I feel happiness. You reach a stage where you are not bombarded and impacted with Uh, your thoughts and beliefs and previous traumas and you start seeing the beautiful things that are in front of you right now Mm. this is happiness just appreciating everything around you now yeah this idea of mindfulness i feel like again like the past (laughs) and the future we're always we're always in In, these two places yes yes when you're in the moment really appreciating something it just it's you start feeling joyful yeah. I, I still don't know how they are related. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But the more you are present, the more joyful you become. <laughs> as mm. simple as that. Okay. Can we end with one thing right, really quickly? Uh, what's important to you now? So, Sahih, my intention now and today is to help people know that there is always a way out. And... With the right support, with the right tools, they can find the light at the end of the tunnel. And the anxiety and depression, they don't define you. Mm. Those are messengers for you to know that you need to change something about yourself and about Mm. your life. So when you start to think about it this way, you will know the way. Mm. It's not happening to you, it's happening for you. Yes. Okay, well... Uh, thank you guys so much for listening that is the end of the podcast and uh, where can people find you ah alright so uh, thank you for asking um, I have my Instagram page Nancy Sariyadeen underscore coaching and I have my Facebook page the mindfulness space so they can reach out to me there anytime okay thank you guys for listening and uh, yeah stay tuned for next week's episode thank you thank, thank you, you. Sahir. thank you